Pablo Fatides is the founder and boss at Auric Business Accelerator. Tonight we're talking about liquidity and liquidity moments. Pablo Fatides, I see liquidity as the stuff that sits at the bottom of a wine bottle. Um, but in business terms, just explain this concept, please, of liquidity and why it is so absolutely pivotal to business survival. Well, it's about cash, free cash in your hand. Um I, I suppose if one was to use or try and understand the analogy, it's everything that trickles down to the bottom after all your costs and overheads and the receiver that now sits in your hands to do with as you please. It is liquid because it can move in any direction you choose to direct it. It's yours. Put it in your pocket. Go home. The deal's done, Bruce. It's free cash, and that is the most valuable stuff to make a difference in the world, to make changes in the world, to contribute and, and donate food to that former guest you had on uh, the show, which, which is a remarkable story. So liquidity is, in a large part, the stuff of growth, and most importantly, the stuff of wealth creation. Okay, so, I mean, there are two paths, really, aren't there? I mean, in terms of wealth creation in your entrepreneurial career. Um, you you can just take me through those paths, because I think it's, it's absolutely critical in understanding the need for liquidity. And it's also, it's equally important to understand which of the two paths you're going to follow. You know, there was something fascinating. I, I got a wonderful, wonderful piece of research recently that ran across 10,000 businesses, all in the mid-tier SME sector. So these are businesses that are doing classically around, let's say, 30 million rands a year of revenue, up to about 150 million rands a year of revenue. So nice, medium-sized businesses. They obviously have been in the game for some time. And it was fascinating to learn that 78% of the business owners were running their businesses, growing their businesses without any thought whatsoever to the end game. They were simply doing what they were doing and had fallen into repeat patterns of behavior and habit. And there was no sense of whether the business would yield that liquidity moment, the final liquidity moment, which would make up their wealth creation instance. And that's what got me thinking about this topic. And that's why I thought it was good to share some thoughts based on the conversations I had with a couple of business owners who have fallen into that trap. There are two things why you do what you do. The first thing, really, you need to have passion because that's what gives you the belief in why you do what you do. It fuels your drive. It helps you persist and, 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 and stick to the hard task of getting traction, building a business, and surviving it over the period of time. And what we often forget is that with passion, you should have purpose. And I'm going to talk about purpose in terms of the economic benefit around why you do what you do. The two options... I mean, you could... Yeah, I mean, you either... Sorry to rush you on this, Pavlo, but I mean, you either get started at the start and you have a very clear direction and you know exactly what you're going to do. um, And and so you plan it and you set it up. Maybe you really are smart at the start as opposed to sort of kind of winging it as you go along, which may be the other strategy. 
Yeah, completely. There are some people who've got the skills, the personality, the aptitudes to be real trailblazers. They, they are people who can see an idea or, or extract an idea from a problem somewhere where a market opportunity somewhere and say, right, I'm going to close the gap. I'm going to solve that problem. I'm going to build a business that can turn that problem into a solution for its customers. And those individuals have got a skill in starting. And, and just because you might be good at running a business, it doesn't mean you might be good at starting a business. So two very, very different personalities. If you are that personality that is good at starting something, that can put a tremendous amount of energy behind it, that is extremely persuasive, that you can articulate crisp opportunities for people that you're going to be onboarding as suppliers, new customers you're going to be finding, um, a team that you can build that will be cause-driven, and you have the ability to get out of the starting blocks and build up to a sprint, but you don't necessarily have any interest in the marathon, then your path to wealth creation, to your liquidity moments, would be by starting, building, growing, and flipping, in other words, selling those businesses. And they're, they're kind of three cycles. If we imagine a cycle to take about 10 years, Bruce, in the first cycle, the first business you build, there are very few people I've come across who have been gifted or granted or accessed enormous amounts of money to start a business. And it really has very little to do with uh, a lot of what's spoken about and more to do with the reality that probably you're at the earliest stage of your business cycle, your business career, and only a fool would invest in someone with no experience <laughs> behind them or a family member or maybe a friend. So that's where you typically get your first money from. And if we were to run some numbers on this, it's going to be expensive at that stage. If you start your first business and say it needs a million rand to start the business and to get the business out of the starting blocks and going, the likelihood of you owning all of that business and then looking to raise funding, giving away very little, is minute. In fact, it just simply won't happen. So typically, you're going to give away 60, 70, 80% of your business, and you're going to secure, let's say, the million rand from an investor, a friend, or a family member, or a fool, for that matter. And you make a promise to hit certain targets on growth. And because you hit those targets, you're going to claim 25% of the business's value and equity. And over 10 years, you put your head down. You grow that business using your skills, using your force of character, your willfulness, your energy. And let's say you build it to a value of 5 million rand in the first 10 years. And you sell it at that stage. Now, if you've managed to earn back 25, 30%, at 25%, it means you claim 1.25 million rands. It's your first liquidity moment. You then go for business number two, because remember, your skills are to start, build, and grow. In that business, you've got money to put behind you. You've got reputation. You've got evidence of capability. You raise money for that second business. You go for something bigger, and you're able to get the money in cheaper based on your history of the last 10 years yeah. and the fact that you're putting hard cash down. You build that business out over a 10-year period, and you build it to a value of, let's say, 12 20 odd million rands, very possible for the second business over a 10 year period. 
And at that stage, if you've secured about 50% of that value, you walk out with a liquidity moment, second liquidity event of 10 million rand. You then repeat it a third time. And typically it's in the third time, Bruce, where the money is cheapest. The rate and pace of your ability to build it is faster. The reputation you've got is stronger, so you can get things done in a shorter period of time. You've earned the stripes, you've paid the price, you've got the school fees and the road to show that you can get this done. Okay. That's the opportunity to build a business to 100 million rand. And at that stage, earn and own the majority of your equity. And that's how you, in the smart at start formula, build it out through three cycles. Yeah, I mean, it's very valuable, Pablo. And then uh, the other part, of course, is very similar to me in, in many respects, but it's, it's about really ultimately working towards uh, this, the sale of the business. I mean, just very quickly, if you can, take me well, through, this, through the that second process. career path. The second option is if, if, if you have the ability to really deepen interest and deepen your knowledge in a sector and an industry in that sector, and you can see a real opportunity to close a gap that exists. And Bruce, you have the ability, maybe the sprint is not your strength, but the marathon is. Then there are four cycles that you go through over a 30-year career of starting, building, growing, and accelerating a business. In the first five, six, seven years, that business, your attention is going to be on positioning it. So you understand who you serve, what problem you solve. You're going to make sure that you've identified a market that is sizable, and you're going to become expert at getting that right. And once you've got that positioning right, the next seven-year cycle is about ramping up your entry into that market. Now that you understand what gets customers to respond and zing with you. You're going to accelerate through deepening your marketing and investing and sophisticating your ability to reach more and more customers. And that's where you dominate that little segment. The third cycle is where you're now going to leverage everything you have built and find a new market opportunity, but based on the underlying growth platform that you have invested in. And you secure that through focusing on innovation and entering into new markets. And then the last of the four seven-year cycles, Bruce, is all centered around deepening profits simply to ramp up the valuation for an exit to a corporate buyer or an IPO. They're two different strategies for two very different types of personality personalities. And both of them can equally lead you to that path of 100 million rands of liquidity net worth at the end of 30 years. Sure. Pablo Vatidis, jamming a lot into 12 minutes. Thank you, Pablo. Pablo is the founder at Auric Business Accelerator.